There's more music in the world than we'll ever know. And the artists who make it, join us on the Rhyme Book Podcast. I'm Vic. And I'm Ryan. On this episode, New Jersey natives Brandon Azraf and John Tacon, collectively known as Brick and Mortar, join us at Converse Rubber Tracks in Brooklyn to talk about the independent route, how they got robbed on tour, and their new EP, Dropped. We got signed by Photo Finish Records, and they were going to do like a complete my album. And then Universal ripped apart Island of Def Jam. Island of Def Jam obviously like gave the axe to a bunch of bands, and we got cut. So we ended up like kind of getting the shit out of the stick, and got dropped. But we already had the songs done because we were supposed to have a release. But now there was no money. There was no nothing. Nobody wanted to push it. There was a release for a couple months, but kept getting pushed. Yeah, we'll probably we like, probably well, because there is no real release. Yeah, That's exactly. Why it was like being pushed caught back on because they knew they were gonna drop us, but they just didn't. It's a shame though. I designed an entire full length and twelve page booklet. He designed this whole thing, and it was supposed to be called very social intricate, studies. Too. very intricate. And then it ended secret up secret codes and such. Yeah, secret codes and all this crazy stuff. And then we ended up getting dropped, and they basically already had all of our shit digitally ready to go everywhere and it actually went up yeah and myspace yeah, music and moment, amazon yeah. music because we ran into a couple fans this tour that told me they had bought the full length so like universal after all was said and done and we got our songs back which i'll explain after all that was said and done they still hadn't ripped down all the different facets that it was in. So we kept seeing like social studies by brick and mortar with like our cover and all of our stuff yeah. and like all the songs. Independent titles. reviews from small bloggers and stuff. Yeah. Too, and it was, that. and it was like, really? You're one of the biggest companies in the world. How the fuck do you guys not just have a button for that? Well, that like, pirated copy of Jurassic World was leaked from their own servers. That's what I mean. It's it like, back. yo, why don't you just hire some smart, you know, people that do software and link together all these things, you know what I mean? Like link together all these things to push. So it's either on or off instead of making it like, like our, it was crazy. It was everywhere. But either way, it was strange because it was done. They dropped us. Um, and they didn't want to give us our songs back for pretty much, I don't know, like seven or eight months. And th- first they were asking us for like a ridiculous amount of money that we obviously did not have because we're like a small band. And then after that, they basically just ignored us and didn't answer our emails until we got an email from them saying, hey, do you remember doing that cover for Voodoo Child from Jimi Hendrix? And we're like, yes, of course we do. We're like, well, well, here's the thing. We sold it to a movie preview already, to a trailer house, but we don't have Brandon's signature because we forgot to fax him a contract. So they forgot to fax me and they haven't talked to us in like seven or eight months. And basically we were thinking, all right, well, somebody we know is going to have to like illegally route this to be released without us, you know, actually being the ones who push the button because we weren't going to not let the songs come out because we kind of had them anyway. I mean, so either way, they tell us they need a signature. We basically respond like, fuck no, but through lawyer talk. Like, no way, give us our songs. And it was funny because they didn't want to talk to us at all. And as soon as they needed that, it was like, oh, here are your songs. We don't even care. Like, this isn't even a big deal. Here you go. Before it was like, really? Because you were asking me for a small fortune and now you don't give a shit 
about all these songs and I could just have them. And they're like, yeah, no problem. So we signed, we signed off on it. And I just think it's funny because it's one of the biggest companies in the world, right? But no one remembered to fax me like one piece of paper that I would have definitely signed. We did it on tour, so we just stopped in this studio. We could have definitely. And that's the only reason we have them because yeah, I mean, if they would if they would have gave us that signature while we were signing, we definitely would have signed it. So we ended up with our songs back, um, you know, the ones we didn't get to release yet, and we didn't have any money. We needed to find a label and do all this stuff, so we ended up going on our manager's label um, because the stipulation from Universal was that we needed to have a label that had distribution, but it couldn't be a direct subsidiary of a really big label. It was That's a very a specific stipulation. They wanted yeah. to make it really hard. Yeah. And we weren't allowed to make those songs into a complete album if we wanted to record more. Yeah. And that was not allowed. And they're like, you also have to keep a very rare lizard as a pet, which needs <laughs> yeah. to be yes, kept. And if it dies, the contract will yeah. be null and void. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. So it's so it's a situation where they were kind of a nightmare to deal with. And then I find it to be funny that they didn't give a shit. <laughs> because they're like, this band's definitely not going to do anything. Like, they're not going to be able to put it out. They're never going to be able to get these stipulations and then get someone to give them money and then promote it and do all this stuff. But we went out by ourselves, found independent investor. We're like super lucky. They invested and we were able to hire our own PR and get all these music videos together ourselves and, you know, hire Richie to do um, the artwork and do all this stuff very fast because we got it and kind of had to put it out pretty fast because it took so long to get it. But they never thought we would be able to do it, and then we did do it, and now I could just talk as much shit as I want because Universal hates me forever anyway. Yeah, and now they gave you like a marketable underdog story. That's what I mean. It's like, thank you for making me like an actual Macklemore. <laughs> it's know? actually just a huge conspiracy. We're still yeah. signed. Yeah, it's a yeah, fake it's a big fake drop. thing. It's like, oh, don't worry, guys, we're signed to uh, Warner Big Time. I, I, yeah, my apartment's sick. I got new wood floors. And Brandon's also actually Macklemore. They I'm just actually gave him, Macklemore. They gave him plastic surgery. He's got a face mask. <laughs> I just like the idea of having like alternate versions of songs, and then you don't even necessarily have to release it, but like when you play live, I always like when a band um, changes, you know, sort of how the song is structured or... Definitely. Whatever, because it's like if you want to hear the song the way it was recorded, just listen to it on the album. Exactly. Well, that that's also another thing where, you know, looking back and having time now, seeing that we are a band that has multiple versions of songs that nobody ever hears, I think we probably have even more multiple versions than most bands. Even just going through like one thing when we were in the van. Yeah. There's so many different versions of it um, that were so that, different. That song Dark Skies, we did like 20 different versions of that song. Before it became what it is. But normally before I even bring a song to you, I'm doing, you know, eight versions of it even before that. So we have so much. If we're talking about, like, really basic ideas, right, there's so many of them. Um, because really, with music, you could do anything you want. But all of our songs pretty much are those ideas made into a song because every song we make that's kind of how we do it we don't really sit down and go we've never sat down and written like a song and had it be 
like here we go and like wrote it it was always like a conglom conglomeration <laughs> conglomerate don't don't look to me <laughs> it's an amalgamation yeah yeah an amalgamation of i just got smart in like 2 seconds that was great. yeah that's what happens when you don't expect other people to do the work for you Either way, our songs are kind of like an amalgamation of all these parts that we had previously. And even now, there's stuff we're working on for the new record that is a part that I never... Like, I'm a hoarder of parts where I'll just keep them around and then I'll wait until they fit perfectly in something. You know what I mean? So that's kind of what all of our songs were like. It's like me and John both do it. It's just I'm a really critical person, so... I'll do a lot of different versions before I bring it to John of like the same vocal part, like a vocal part and then different things or different ways to play it, you know? Um, and John kind of like, I bring it to him and then we turn it into a song. But when when it's at the process of being with John, it's a lot more... Um, it's a lot, yeah, it's a lot more of like instrumentation kind of being introduced yeah. and like the options that we can choose when we do go into the studio and do flesh it out and record it. Like, yeah, Brandon comes up with the like the meat and potatoes mostly you know like the structure of how it kind of is supposed to go at that point in time and then i just react off of that i'm just a very reactive person uh, you know i just can't, when i hear something i just like not that i know what's supposed to happen but i have like you know i can easily find a starting point and just go off of that i'm also like torturous person because i'll <laughs> i'll like redo something so many times and then not be burned out on redoing it um, and then, you know, me and John have been friends since we were young, but sometimes John's like, listen. Yeah, sometimes I don't- I need to uh, fucking like, go away. It's like, this song could have been like three songs by now, but at, but at the, but Brandon's taught me to like kind of, you know, to be more accepting of that way of writing because- I feel like it's not always- At the end of the day, like the song always, always right. comes out the way we want it to. Well, I'm saying happen. like, I don't think it's always right to do that, but there are some times where- you lose your mind trying to do something. You do it a million different times, and it's on that like one million and one time that you're like, "Whoa, wait a minute! I'm just gonna flip everything around, and yeah. this is what it should be like." That's the magic. And then you throw everything pattern. you did out for like ten hours. A stroke of genius. So you look for that. So you're you're constantly going, "Should I keep going, or am I a crazy asshole? And should I just chill the fuck out?" And let's go have dinner or something. You know what I mean? That's that's the constant thing. And at home, it's very unhealthy because I'll just, like, keep going. But with John, it's good because he's like, let's eat a pizza. Or let's, sorry, Richie, let's eat a, let's eat a salad because that's what John's going to say to me. Let's some pizza, man. <laughs> Nino's is good, though. Roll a Nino's pizza blunt. Good. Roll a pizza blunt. <laughs> Richie hates it when you add pizza to stuff. Because everybody fucking loves pizza. Or so. talking about being high. Exactly, that's like, my pizza. It's like... Uh, <laughs> that's my pizza, dude. To me, it's just this big cliche, like a slice of pizza smoking a blunt with a flat brim hat and maybe some pu marijuana socks on its cheesy legs. I'm born to lose. I'm born to I'm born to I mean, we are, it's definitely going to be... Us trying to go different places because I want to kind of try to get more uh, bombastic, I guess you'd say. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, we just you know don't want to stay, you know, stagnant into like because you know the mainstay pretty much in our music is you know Brandon's vocal and lyrical content and like my beats, but it we try to like kind of reinvent ourselves each time we do. Yeah, song, also, you know? also there's just different sides of what we do that I'm experiencing, but we're kind of lucky because even if you listen to all of our releases, there's always like one or two things that are specifically a little bit more towards this bombastic electronic side, but we haven't gone fully into it so i kind of definitely want to like incorporate that but i really don't ever want to make an album that's just one thing i don't ever want it to be oh hey this album is just like cohesive like even when you say like that songs that we have sound cohesive i guess they do but i still try to make it not as you know i just don't want it to be like oh here's a guitar riff song here's another song with a yeah, riff just all altered and then here's another or here's a song with a synth and like a backbeat that's like this and here's another song with a synth doing a different note a backbeat kind of like this i want it to always try to be drastically different as much as possible in the album you know um but we definitely always want to be that band that does something that some of the fans say they don't like <laughs> i think you have to it's one of those situations where i think we're very much situational yeah like whatever is in front of us or we have at our disposals we end up making whatever we're making with but for me like the lyrics and the melody over something basic are kind of the most important so i don't really have that much of a preference until we're like really making it as far as what it sounds like you know more like tempo and stuff like that Although the whole tour, Brandon was listening to didgeridoo music. So I was, yeah. <laughs> I think he's probably going to try and slip a didgeridoo into at least yeah, one. Yeah, definitely a didgeridoo or two. Yeah. <laughs> bring a lot of the equipment in because they were robbed yeah so it wasn't just like oh we didn't have a cart for our bags it's like we didn't have a cart for like electronics amp guitars bags air mattress case of water just like ideas like hard drive that i had pretty much was what i lost there was like a bunch of stuff on that some of it was actually backed up because i'm a stoner so i'll like kind of back up shit really sloppily everywhere. Yeah, we had a miracle backup of the sampler for yeah. some reason that shouldn't have existed. But there was a lot of things in the sampler that I kind of just had that I was fucking with or things on a hard drive that I had that I was working with. Um, but th- that was the worst stuff. Everything else was kind of replaceable because you just buy it, you know? But I think it was a big deal for us because that happened and we had already been dropped. Like, we yeah, knew. we were running on our own at this yeah. point. So we were like, and the label had never paid the last tour support. And we couldn't really argue about it because you can't, you're, you're trying to get your songs back. Yeah. You know, like you're talking about, you're talking about a couple thousand bucks, you know? And we could kind of couldn't argue about it. So we were already kind of fucked on that front. Um, and really, I think it was a pivotal point because we realized, oh shit. We have a fan base of people who are very supportive. I did not for a second think that it was going to work. We were just blown away. Like, like I didn't think it was going to work. Yeah, man. It was... Yeah, I mean, we, did, we didn't think it was going to work. And Feeney is the one who said, like, why don't we just... Well, a couple fans had suggested it on the page when we had written that we were robbed. So I think... We got like all the money we needed to go shopping like that night and buy the most important stuff. Yeah. Which was awesome. It was just crazy 
because well, we had the biggest show ever in yeah. Denver, like two days from that. Yeah, yeah it was like the, the biggest 17... show of our lives. Like it was like, it was like seventeen thousand people or something, cr- like crazy amount of people. But it's just one of those things where, um, I just remember <laughs> we were gonna go smoke a blunt and watch Planet of the Apes, and we get in the car, and Feeny looks in the back and says, "Uh, your amp's not there." But it was it was, was done there. so well that yeah. it was literally just the square where the amp was was empty. Like you couldn't. It wasn't like someone threw all the shit around and like you could tell you were robbed. It was like someone who knew exactly what they were picking out of there and did it so well that we didn't even notice when we first got in the. I band. did lose my favorite, like like I the bass I had since I was like fifteen or sixteen. Uh, I lost that, which was a bummer. Um, I just remember when I realized it happened. I didn't know what to do, and I just like. I just laid on the ground in, in like in the front of the hotel for a minute, like just on the ground, like looking up. It's like, fuck, what do I do? I don't know what to do right now. Like I'm I'm literally out of all ideas. And then that's when Feeney pretty much decided to, you know, do that. But it's definitely it's definitely a crazy uplifting thing because you know, being in a band is like being a kid in a certain sense because you're young. Like there's a whole life cycle to it. So you know, you're in this young band. You've never even put out a real record. You've only put out EPs, and you get dropped from the situation, and then you kind of get into a problem, and the people rise up and actually support you, and you make so much money just based off saying like, "We we need help. Can you help us?" And it's one of those situations where it proves, okay, well, people care about this band. And before you didn't really know because you're just touring and you're doing your thing and, you know, you don't know how many people download your stuff illegally or, or legally, you know, buy it. So you don't really know where you stand ever, but it was kind of like a vindication because we couldn't believe we actually, like, it was that easy. Just, oh, just ask and, you know, we'll be there for you, which is like a crazy kind it of It was a such thing. a big low and then a big high that happened within the same day, you know? It was just crazy. Definitely. And definitely one of those things where, like, we really didn't expect it, so that's what was so crazy. Like, when we got the EP back, you know, um, the reason we did it the way that we did do it was really because my younger brother um, was making a movie, and the way he made the movie was basically going around with a short film he had and raising money um, independently and then hiring everybody himself to do it. So when I had been through the situation, he really sat me down and said, he's like, well, why would you do it the way you're doing it now? Why wouldn't you just try to raise money um, from a couple people the way that I'm doing it, and then you're more in control of it why even worry about it? Why not just try that? So when he said that, I really had no answer. I was kind of like, well, I can't, but I could. And and it was something where it seemed like such a good plan. So I really just owe all that to my little brother, who actually just made his first movie, which I will shamelessly plug. Let Me Make You a Martyr is the name of it. And Feeney actually worked on set with him. I was a DIT. I logged all the footage, and I was editing dailies and roughs. We, he wanted to do a thing where we'd show roughs like once a week at a movie theater for the crew to keep him motivated, which I don't think we would ever do again because doing it is really annoying. <laughs> really annoying. Well, either way, it was one of those situations where, 
you know, he just, like, I'm real close with my brother, and he's really, real close with basically everybody um, involved in what we do. Uh, my family's kind of weird like that. Um, but when he said that, I said, you know what, you're, you're fucking right. I have no reason why I wouldn't do it this way. Um, and that's why we did it. And it's one of those situations where I really owe him a lot of credit on that. And it worked out really well. I'm um, doing it that way. Oh, yeah. oh, oh.